This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Welcome to Breaking Banks Europe, episode number 81. Today I have a distinguished panel with Emilia Tomasic, uh, then I have Roberto Capodieci and Donna Redel from Fordham Law. So three guests from you know, very different uh, aspects of crypto. Samelia uh, is an editor at Cryptonomist. Roberto is the founder of Blockchain Zoo. What a wonderful name. I mean, if a blockchain as a whole wasn't a zoo. And uh, you know, Donna Redel, who is a professor at Fordham Law. So we uh, are going to be talking about non-fungible tokens uh, today. You know, it's it's quite an exciting topic, as you're aware. Uh, you know, now Fox Business, uh, McDonald's, Taco Bell, NBA, uh, you know, Disney, you name it. Everyone is literally, as we say in DeFi, aping in, as in just, you know, jumping in with uh, with their two feet into this space of non-fungible tokens. It's causing a lot of excitement with, you know, Dominic Cummings, uh, a politician, talking, uh, threatening to release the covid uh, you know, analysis by the UK government as an NFT. So, so I mean, there must be something going on. So let's find out from our, you know, distinguished guests what's exactly going on and why everyone is going so crazy about this wonderful thing called NFT. Now, today we also have a very special day in crypto markets. We have, you know, Bitcoin has dropped 40%. Uh, with NFTs, the good best part is we don't know how much NFTs have dropped because, you know, these are illiquid assets, so you really never have a price on NFTs. Uh, you only know when NFTs are sold, a bit like real estate. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but you know, uh, what a what a what a very what a special day and what what amazing guests uh, to be talking about this wonderful topic. So uh, yeah, Amelia, would you like to uh, you know introduce yourself briefly and tell us what NFTs are? What's sure. the plus about NFTs? Sure, uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder at uh, Cryptonomist, that is a, a magazine about crypto and blockchain. And uh, as NFT are the, the greatest uh, trend in uh, 2021, we are very focused on the on this kind of uh, asset. And um, if you want a definition, I think it's like a, a, a file that can be added on blockchain to have a guarantee of the authentication of the, of the, of the file itself. So it basically can be used for everything from art to gaming. As you said, that there are tons of companies right now entering in this uh, space uh, because uh, it the, and non-fungible tokens can be really used for everything there are uh, games so there are um, piece of arts there are uh, uh, hotels that are accepting uh, guests uh, with a, with a ticket you know like um, like a ticket to join a concert but uh, based on on the blockchain so i think it's very interesting to see all the different application of this uh, this, this technology 
as you said, Bitcoin today is uh, crashing. Uh, we don't really know how it's going on with the NFT market because uh, if you check the best trending artists, uh, they are continue to sell uh, very, very well with uh, very good numbers, even millions. Uh, but I think it's also a moment of hype uh, regarding this technology. So maybe in the next future, we will have the... Um, new applications uh, using the NFT, but yeah. maybe regarding the price, so we are now in a, in a phase of a, yeah. like a so bubble. We'll take that, uh, you know, one step at a time. But uh, Roberto, what's what's this non-fungible thing? I mean, it sounds like a mouthful. Uh, I mean, first of all, what is a token? And secondly, what is a non-fungible token? I mean, it sounds pretty fancy. All right. Yeah. Well, besides, first of all, my name is Roberto Capodice. I um I'm interested and I work with the centralized system since a long time ago, since the time of Torrent. And uh, that's why my interest brought me into blockchain. I'm not very much into the cryptocurrency side. I'm more into the technology to make the centralized system. And that's why I'm very excited about NFT, because it's the first non-financial, non-directly financial use of blockchain. Blockchain is born uh, with Bitcoin for cryptocurrencies. Uh, all the other blockchain and things always being based on cryptocurrency. NFT is uh, a way to manage the titles, right? So uh, the, the titles are not directly a currency. That's why it's an interesting thing to uh, let people understand the blockchain is not just uh, cryptocurrencies. To give a practical example, first of all, the beauty of blockchain is the fact that in a digital era, where everything can be copied and pasted, MP3 files, movies, and whatever, uh, the blockchain brings singularity. I cannot copy and paste my Bitcoin. Once I give my Bitcoin to somebody else, I don't have it anymore, else it wouldn't work, right? Uh, and in the case of the NFT, the beautiful thing is that uh, in the representation of the title, they can be unique. Once I give it to somebody else, I don't have it anymore. The difference between a normal token and NFT is that the token, if I have a 20 token of something, I give 10 and I get 10 from somewhere else, I still have 20. The NFT are like having ticket to the teacher where every ticket is assigned to a particular seat. So each NFT is unique. If I give it to somebody else, I don't have the seat anymore. I may have another ticket, but not the same. And uh, they are anyway smart contracts, so they can be coded and modified as uh, people wish. They can contain data and, uh, and other things. And they're a beautiful first step for understanding that uh, Blockchain is not just cryptocurrency. Uh, they, there is no rule book around it. Many people buy art thinking that they own the art, but then they don't own it. Then it's just a representation. It's a lot of confusion around what people buy when they buy an NFT, simply because uh, each case is unique and need to be accompanied by some uh, contract. <laughs> not smart contract, but actual contract that says what they represent. Uh, there are musicians that sold the their music as NFT, and people thought that they have the right to get the royalties for that piece, but it comes out that no, that was just selling a golden disc of uh, the, the song. And uh, this causes a lot of confusion, exactly because NFT are just a one smart contract. It's not a rule of law of what they represent. That's, that's again, you know, so there are quite a few concepts involved here for the for the for the for the layperson, first of all, there is this thing called the blockchain. I think by now, hopefully, everyone has heard of the blockchain. But a blockchain is basically a database running on the internet, right? It's 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 a database that you don't 
I mean, it's not sitting inside a company. It's uh, we all kind of share a copy of things on this database that's running on the internet. That's the best way, I think, to understand blockchain. Then there is this thing called smart contract. So Donna, what is the smart contract thing Roberto is talking about? I mean, what so, is smart? A smart, so smart contract is neither smart nor uh, the embodiment of a contract of what you normally think of as a contract. Um, so it is mostly a binary. If X happens Y, you can do Y. Um, with not with not a lot of for NFTs, not a lot of details that one needs in a regular contract. So I, I, for me, I would say NFTs are at a very uh, preliminary developmental stage uh, from a from both a regulatory and a legal perspective, meaning the contracts. Uh, we've seen um, that there are many things that need to be included in the contracts. Uh, for example, for musicians, there's a big difference between the United States and, and Europe on certain kinds of rights. Um, one of them is called moral rights for people that know about that. Um, so, and also on platform by platform, there's a significant difference between what your rights and, and obligations are within the contract and even the notion of whether or not that contract is transferable from plat platform to platform. So I just, to, you know, I would say that we are at a beginning in which best practices need to be, need to be um, organized uh, by the industry. And that's a normal development that happens throughout industries where you have best practices. Also um, a, a, a set of standardization so that each different stakeholder within the NFT, whether it's the, the I'll just use artists, whether it's the artist or the buyer, or, or then the, the 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 subsequent buyers knows exactly what um, what they are getting within the context uh, of the contract and what you can do on a platform by platform basis. So um, I will leave it at that for right this moment, and we can elaborate on it uh, going forward. So okay, so so a smart contract is basically a piece of code, uh, you know, that's running on this blockchain and does some interesting things. We'll talk about what those interesting things are in the case of NFTs. And uh, and, and what is exactly a token? I mean, you know, we, hear, we keep hearing about a token. A token is, is when I go to a bank, you know, there's this machine and I, I, I press a button, I get a token. Is a token similar to that? I mean, what's the big idea? It actually is what you said about the smart contracts. It's code. Um, it, it, it's code um, and it's on the blockchain. And it, with respect to the NFTs, um, it is from each one of the different platforms, you get a window into mm -hmm. the NFT, which you can see. The code is always there on the blockchain, but okay. whether or not the window is always open has been, has been a question going forward. So I think okay. this is just all part of the developmental stages. I think we should think of this as a huge startup in which there are many startups underneath it. And each one of them uh, is in competition, but in friendly developmental stages in building the infrastructure and 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 also, you know, testing some of the boundaries uh, in terms of, de of de yeah. development together. 
Yeah, sorry, I'll stop you there. But, uh, you know, because uh, let, let me just summarize everything the three of you said uh, for 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 a layperson. And, uh, you know, if I had to explain NFTs to my 11-year-old boy, who is kind of, you know, thinks like a senior banker, uh, forgive me for that, then, uh, you know, uh, NFTs are basically like stickers you put on things, right? So it's like a piece of code. And uh, like a ticket or a voucher, I stick it on a, uh, I stick it on a, on a, on on something, and say, look, this is now unique, right? So it could be a digital thing, uh, or blockchain thing. Uh, so I, I, it's a piece of code that makes something, something that's actually not unique, a bit unique, right? So as Roberto if, said, if uh, if I may, um, as uh, Donna mentioned before, yeah, all the thing the referral to token is a small application that runs on a blockchain specifically. Most of the time, Ethereum or Clone of Ethereum that uh, run uh, this smart contract. But to the fact to the user, to the fact to the user that may not even go down to the idea of the code, uh, what is a normal token, uh, the technical is called ERC20, is the equivalent of another cryptocurrency. So there is a liquidity, there is a set amount, and people transfer this amount one person to the other. So they are minted, they're created initially one million of these tokens, and then people send 500 to a person, they are traded in quantity because they are all the same thing. The non-fungible token, they are the same thing. It's like if each banknote that runs around in the market had the space to write something on it. So adding some specific information that are specific to each token, we make this token different. So it's like exactly if uh, the normal currency was uh, coins that people cannot do else but uh, trade one with the other, the NFT will be banknote where people write uh, or make a small drawing on top of it. So when they're trading, they still have another banknote if you want, but the drawing on top of it is different. So that's uh, the specific... And the, the interesting thing is that they can be used for so many different things. One of the first use, for example, is uh, for digital assets because uh, the digital assets live already on the internet. Um, video games that are online where people buy a particular suit, clothing, or weapons or other things are start using NFT to combine these weapons. So let's say I'm in a video game, I buy a particular gun, this is attached to an NFT. If I want, I can resell this gun to somebody else. If the gun has loaded as more value, when I sell it, it has more value. So it can contain the key information for the part of the game. And that's yeah, the yeah. easiest way to understand. So it. There, are two types of, there are two types of tokens, things that are not unique, like you know, a one pound coin can be replaced by any other one pound coin, you know, or a one euro coin. So, so all these coins are essentially fungible, as in you can use one or the other. And, they have the same value, whereas non-fungible tokens are are valuable because you know they are different from each other, right? So they are unique. So so a, a painting of Mona Lisa, the original painting, is different from you know the copy of that Mona Lisa. So it's not fungible. So and you can it goes, it. yeah, it goes in two stages. On one side, there is the fine what this kind of NFT has. So for example, it has three fields: one for the name, one for the link to the item, one for the price. Yeah, let's let's hold off on that, right? So we'll get into sure. the details. But the main point is that you know non-fungible is something that's not interchangeable with another token, right? So you cannot just 
use uh, so yeah so dollar bills you can use instead of each other even though they have different serial numbers they are still fungible you can use this dollar bill or that dollar bill still fungible but you know like paintings art you know uh, i mean if so so there is a way to make certain things i guess unique or not fungible not replaceable with another copy and that's what the non-fungible token is all about so so we have had these non-fungible tokens for a while right and now uh, so why is everyone getting so excited all the way from you know disney to mcdonalds and i mean artists and whatnot so so so, so what's 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 the big idea why, why are these sell things selling for 7 million 13 million you know these cypherpunks uh, images 24 by 24 images are selling for millions what's going on i think that there's a difference between talking about disney or companies that have very strong IP um, content that will create access to some of that IP um, in, in, in legal frameworks, walled gardens, entering into their product space for use under very specific things than what I see as mostly very, very hyped, uh, high price sales, that there's nothing to indicate that those sales will, be, will continue at those prices. Which brings to me to, to the point that, you know, the difference, one of the fundamental differences besides the non-fungibility and what uh, uh, um, NFTs could represent is the fact that they need mechanisms by which you can find out the pricing of these NFTs. And so that in they can be, become very illiquid. And so it's not um, necessarily... Um, a thing for people to get engaged in unless they're holding for a longer period of time. This is not the same thing as trading a fungible token where there, for the most part, are markets and liquidity all of the time. So when you trade unique assets, you have to be aware that somebody need, wants needs to be wanting to purchase that unique asset from you in order for you to have liquidity. And so I would just uh, caution people uh, in the, a lot of what was and what I call NFT hype that uh, some of the hype may be in fact, um, uh, you know, a little bit because the crypto itself was going up. And that was something that I, I've mentioned many times, which is what is a piece of art worth? Is the art worth more today? Is it worth less today because ETH went down? And was it worth a more a month ago because ETH, from the time that you bought it a month prior, because ETH went up? Art is art. And so we need to find a way to value the art or the NFT uh, without intense currency fluctuations underneath uh, it at that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that that's a good point. But, you know, uh, the... the uh, the first thing I think you need to understand is why people are buying these things, right? So what's going on on the internet is that there is this idea of digital art or digital music. And what's happening is, you know, people are essentially signing these uh, these JPEGs or GIF or, or GIF or whatever those files are and and selling them uh, as NFTs on the blockchain. So you, you have, as, as Roberto said, you have a token. In the token, you have some data. In the data, you mention where the file is, and then you suddenly can sell this thing for, you know, God knows what. So, so Amelia, uh, why? I mean, in terms of user behavior, right? Why are people buying these things? What are they trying to do with NFTs? 
I think the big hype started with the people uh, when uh, when he sold his uh, first his, his his artworks for uh, for the first time for seven nine million dollars. So after that, everyone wanted to enter in uh, in this space, and I think uh, the reason why in the in the art industry the nft are growing so much is because with the lockdown with the covid a lot of artists had to face a lot of issues in uh, in selling their uh, their art you know there are no museums open at least uh, in here in in europe i'm not sure where you are based but in europe for example we had uh, the museum uh, completely uh, closed for like six months or more. We don't have events. We don't have anything. So um, when I started to entering in this space uh, and uh, chatting with a lot of artists, so the first thing I heard uh, for from them is it was uh, it's uh, like our uh, uh, life is has been changed so much. This is a new revolution. We we need. To join because if not we will uh, we will starve. We we can't sell uh, anything. We can't go to, you know, to do exhibition anything. So I think the the main reason the the market of NFT started to grow it it's because of the the COVID. I see. Issues. I see. So everyone yeah. is locked down and you know and there are you know artists. I mean, there are no yeah. exhibitions, no museums, nothing. Everything is going digital. I mean, banking yeah. is going digital. And also another big reason of uh, the art uh, entering in this space is because of the, I don't know, maybe the 80, 80% of the new artists are uh, starting uh, to create in digital form. So they don't uh, do paint or sculpture. But they, when they enter in this in the art world, they create in a digital way. So it's also a, a very easy way to sell their uh, their art. For example, the other day I spoke with a, a traditional uh, artist, uh, sorry, a digital artist, and he told me uh, before NFT I had to convert the digital piece of art. In uh, the in a painting, so I had to print it. Uh, it was uh, kind of tricky. With the with the NFT, I I can finally sell what I really created in the in the first uh, in the first time. So I think uh, you know with the the so, computer and everything, it's right. Right, new I mean, artists yeah. are digital. Yeah, so that explains why the artists are in it, right? And all the content creators yeah. are involved. So we talk about this idea of creator economy where, you know, we are all creating something uh, or the other, like this podcast, you know, is is, is a creation of the, the Breaking Banks Europe team and our guests. Now, uh, so it's, you know, now, I mean, uh, the economy part comes in when I can actually, you know, sell this, I mean, similar to how YouTube, you know, I can, I can actually, uh, so uh, historically what has happened is that, you know, I make a video on YouTube and or I'm playing, let's say, a video game on YouTube and everyone is watching and, and I, I can get paid by ads, right? So that was the old model. And that model is still quite prevalent on, in social media. Now, now I can essentially create an NFT, attach a digital creation of mine to it. And essentially that becomes 
uh, collectible. So, so Roberto, so we understand the side of you know why people are selling this, but why are people buying? So when I buy an NFT, what are the things I can do with that NFT? Yeah, as I mentioned, in my opinion, there are there is a basic reason. First, uh, uh, unregulated, because all the regulations are on fungible tokens, so non-fungible tokens uh, are not regulated, so it's a very easy way to move money. Um, another way I would love to see behind a lot of those deals, which is the truth of this exchange of money, if there is the need to, you know, like uh, free some accounts of money and uh, and do the, somebody say something very simple and say I have a uh, two million dollar in Ethereum or uh, and I I create an NFT of uh, my kids drawing and I sell it uh, for a three three million dollar in Ethereum and I buy it to myself so now I have the three million dollar Ethereum still with me. Plus, I have an NFT that has been valued $3 million because it's been sold for $3 million, right? So I have multiplied the money uh, and I clear also an income uh, of money that probably I wasn't justified to have. So there are a lot of uh, <coughs> side story of why people may move so much money. And, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I want to just caution. Anybody in the United States is listening to this. This is fundamentally an illegal thing to do. One should not do wash trading. One should not move money in, in, in ways. This is exactly why the NFT space has a terrible reputation and is going to be highly regulated, all on-ramps and off-ramps. Everything must be paid taxes. Everything must be legally done. And do not trade and make price uh, prints well, between yourselves. You're jumping on me with this thing, and obviously I wasn't suggesting that people do this. I'm just explaining. Even when you say was... it's a good way to move money, that has a very negative connotation. So be very careful with terminology, okay, especially okay. anything around... <laughs> I think that anybody <laughs> with an IQ above 10 understand that this mechanics is illegal, right? And this is exactly the point. This is exactly what I'm trying to uh, explain. If you were letting me finish, this is exactly the fact that uh, being unregulated and be open to this sort of things, uh, then... Uh, uh, obviously, there are a lot of money on one side. On the other side, the hype that is followed. Let's just look at Elon Musk and Dogecoin, for example. Uh, once uh, some uh, influential people goes out and do something, then there is huge uh, copycats followers that are going to do uh, the similar things. Because uh, personally, for example, to set up a new peer-to-peer -peer network in a blockchain in 2020, we made an NFT each uh, uh, NFT was representing uh, one node in the peer-to-peer -peer network. It was just uh, something practical to register the ID and the digital cryptographical uh, ID of each node. So people with NFT was doing this. Nobody knew what NFT was, <laughs> but uh, we used that because technically it was practically uh, um, interesting as method. But uh, the fact that there is uh, suddenly such an hype, a million dollars moving around, leave me a little bit perplexed. I don't believe it's just people interested to buy something that they don't know what it is. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's fascinating, right? So that brings us to the, the, to the topic of law. I mean, there is clearly uh, a, a, an angle of law here that we will come back to, uh, uh, you know, after the break. And uh, there is a lot of law involved in NFTs. Uh, and you know many different uh, areas of law get involved in NFTs, which make it even more uh, interesting and complex from a commerce perspective. We'll come back to that after the break. 
uh, again, uh, thank you to our guests for you know giving us all this information, and we'll be right back. Join Amsterdam Fintech Week from the 4th to the 11th of June. Meet companies active in the digital finance space such as Mambu, Accenture, Plaid, PayPal, Bakaroo, SAS, Allen & Overy, TechLeap and representatives from the European Commission and the Dutch Central Bank. Go to xfw.amsterdam and get involved. Welcome to Breaking Banks Europe, episode number 81. For a sparkling, for a continued sparkling conversation on NFTs, we have a, a technologist, a media person, and a lawyer. So it's clearly going to be a really exciting conversation on NFTs. And with you know, uh, so 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 let's let's start with the law part this time because you know the. Uh, I think we covered user behavior and with, with you know what people are selling, what people are buying. So Donna, uh, I mean, uh, so when I sell an NFT on the internet, right? So let's say I sell a, a work of art on the internet. I mean, what am I really selling legally? Well, first of all, I want to make one uh, just aside. I'm I'm a professor, not a law, not a practicing lawyer. Um, I think that there are so many aspects of law that come into NFTs. You clearly have intellectual property. That is a huge issue here. We've seen it come into play many, many times on, on these websites and we'll be more and more there. Uh, just uh, We had uh, DC, Marvel, uh, DC Comics send a letter to all of the people that were uh, using Wonder, were making NFTs of Wonder Woman because they don't have the right to do that. So that there will be more and more issues relating to intellectual property, copyright, and NFTs. So that means whether you're the, you're the person that's minting or you're the person that's buying, you need to have clarity as to whether or not that's permissible. Um, it, the, the websites are slowly, slowly, um, but not completely uh, taking some responsibility in this, but not responsibility of returning money. So that's, a, that's something to think about. Number two, uh, for for people and artists that are dealing with NFTs, uh, just remember that many of these uh, places in which you buy them are not uh, know your customer AML, meaning anti money laundering uh, experts, and they haven't done complete uh, KYC AML. That leaves uh, anybody who's re- who's transacting in the dubious position that if you receive money from uh, bad actors, bad actors could be from from uh, uh, sanctioned countries, could be persons that are are money laundering or otherwise, you bear a responsibility in the United States. And this is going to be where there's going to be a lot of regulation. Artists that uh, think that that residuals come to them with no strings attached could find out with a knock on their door five years later from the Department of Justice saying you receive money uh, from, from bad actors. So People need to be very careful legally um, yeah. where they're going. And if it's something that you want to do as a business, there are great lawyers in this space that you should consult um, and figure out exactly where the opportunities are and where the challenges are, because the legal challenges are, are significant here. We will see a lot more regulation in this area. There will be a lot more KYC AML. And everybody needs to think about also uh, where who's responsible for the taxes. Uh, I'm not only saying the gains or the losses, but the sales taxes um, throughout the United States. We saw that happen in Amazon originally. There weren't state taxes, and then there were. 
Um, so just be careful about that as well. I'll leave it there. Um, but there is every, you know, every single uh, aspect um, important, including contract property uh, comes into play with NFTs. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're we are, we are on breaking banks Europe, uh, but, you know, the, some of the legal implications are the same. Uh, I think the, especially with regards to AML, anti-money laundering rules, there is broad, you know, alignment uh, between the FATF and FinCEN on that. So, so, so that's that that's understood. I think what's far more interesting is this idea of property law and you know intellectual property. As in, when I sell an NFT, what am I selling, right? So, I mean, am I actually selling what rights are being sold to the underlying artwork? Is often not clear. So, you know, uh, so I might be selling just a transferable license, or I might be selling the underlying ownership and reuse. But I think you know, uh, let's let's not get uh, uh, yeah. So there is always a risk, and you obviously, if you are starting an NFT business. Or get or buying NFTs definitely worth you know, and you're spending a lot of money. It's totally worth consulting a lawyer to make sure you know exactly what you're buying and what you're not buying, right? So you might think that you're buying the underlying ownership, and you might actually get just a transferable license or the right to view, and that's often in the terms and conditions of the website and so on. So, so there is there is a lot there. Uh, so, so always, uh, so lawyers are going to have a, 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 a very interesting time, a wonderful time in NFTs. But uh, before we go there, so so Europe. Uh, what's the European context? Is this uh, Amelia? Is this a Euro, Is this primarily an American phenomenon? You know, is 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 it because most of the news I hear is from the US? What's going on in Europe with NFTs? Yeah, I think it's not only a uh, an hype uh, regarding the in the in the US, but in the really in the in the it's worldwide. Um, for example, in uh, in France, where I live, there are a lot of museums are uh, trying to enter in this space, organizing uh, events about uh, NFT now, because today, finally, we have the museum open again. Um, in Italy, I'm working with several artists, um, both coming from the digital arts or in by the, the, tra the traditional art, trying to enter to entering in this space and... Uh, uh, a few artists I'm I'm following uh, with the with cryptonomists. Um, they are selling for I don't know 50k, 100k. So the phenomenon is not so so little even in uh, in Europe or uh, in Italy, uh, where uh, I'm more, I'm more focused. The cryptonomist helps a lot of Italian artists, the French artists. So I can really see the market and the interest in in this. Uh, in this sector growing also we, we, they they are speaking about it in the, in the television uh, on the radio it's uh, it's very known as a phenomenon even by you know um, in traditional media yeah so so i think what are the most exciting you know businesses around nfts being launched in europe i've heard of uh, you know so rare uh, which is kind of this yes. Antoine Griezmann and some of the footballers launched this. NFT yeah, they are French. Yeah. Yeah, and what else? Uh, Roberto, uh, Donna, which of the European-based you know businesses have you heard of that are focused on NFTs? I think the Sandbox too. They, yes. the, I, I know the 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 founder or the co-founder is Italian, for example. 
Nice, nice, nice. Yep. And uh, Roberto, uh, thoughts on where, where Europe is going on NFTs? I, I don't live in Europe, but uh, what I can see is that there are several artists uh, that are, you know, like uh, surfing the wave, uh, like many others are doing worldwide. The, if businesses are born just to do NFTs, uh, that's I, I don't know, but there are some online exchanges. I like always to think about the internet as a, like a worldwide uh, things with a worldwide phenomenon and, uh, you know, a worldwide participation in it. Yeah, I think for me, the most interesting uh, European uh, uh, NFT action is really in the big companies. Uh, you see LVMH um, and a couple of that type of company uh, figuring out how NFTs could be utilized uh, with their products, with their with their IP. And that will be an interesting area of development. And of course, they will go very slowly and with a lot of a determination um, a, as to how it actually fits with their with their product market, with their consumer, with the legal, um, and they'll have to look more global because just because you're a European-based LVMH, uh, you go you sell your goods all over the world, and so when you when you launch, even it, you might want to launch a little pilot project, um, but when you launch, you you're you're a global company with global considerations. I think that's very interesting what's developing there yeah definitely i mean this is this is the best part right so when i think about it for, as a technologist uh, then tech is obviously global you know the blockchain ethereum internet these are pretty global uh, ideas and 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 the you know data information is shared on the internet obviously uh, you know when it comes to law law is and regulation is not necessarily global so there is always going to be some you know interaction between nfts and european law privacy law uh, you know, anti-money laundering rules, uh, intellectual property law, which varies by every location. So if I go to court uh, with an NFT lawsuit in the U.S., I may not get the same result in different U.S. states as uh, or in Italy and France. So, you know, so there is there is quite a bit of, uh, I think we will learn as we go along. This is such a new area. But uh, now, you know, we are a fintech podcast. So I have to ask, what's the opportunity in fintech here? I mean, I work in DeFi, so I have a view on it. But uh, let's say I'm a bank or a, you know, or a Revolut or a, or a payments application. Where do I play? Where, where I are opportunities for me? Yeah, I, if we go back down to the technology, in fact, what does define an NFT? So to what the limit of a code a smart contract becomes NFT and then becomes not an NFT anymore, right? So uh, the the definition is uh, so vague today to say that an NFT, I take an NFT like a piece of paper that says, uh, I give exclusive right of such, such, such. To, so the exchange of the piece of paper uh, should have exactly the same value in court than the fact that it was uh, on the blockchain rather than not on the blockchain. That's just a mean, in my opinion. A bank uh, may use NFT, for example, to avoid the scam, to have a singularity of document in the moment that agreement are taken. For example, when discounting an invoice, how many duplicate invoices are discounted in bank? If invoice were represented with NFT, they would be unique, cannot be twice uh, uh, the same invoice in two different NFTs. Um, there are tons of uh, applications that are not directly the ownership of uh, something that has a 
a value because it's connected in some magical way between the real world and the blockchain that is needed as a piece of agreement that is signed on paper with some lawyers that makes the NFT actually represent the physical good. Because that can be done, the, the rule book around the NFT is what gives the NFT the value. As NFT is just a piece of code, right? Uh, so the adoption of NFT can be valid. In DeFi, for example, is fantastic. They represent uh, ownership of uh, a timeshare rather than other things that I can use as uh, counter value for a loan. Uh, but uh, where is this demonstrated to be actually true? That's uh, that's all to be understood. Yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a very very interesting idea, right? So today I can take a land title to a bank or a, and and get a mortgage or a, or, a, or a property deed, which is essentially an NFT. Because you know, uh, I mean, in fact, one of the first experiments that I worked on on NFTs was about land titles with Her Majesty's land registry in the in the UK. So I mean, every piece of property is fairly unique. So you know, the land titles to property are NFTs naturally. So, so, uh, so uh, you know, so it's possible for a fintech or a bank to build uh, technology, and in fact, some are actually building, including uh, you know, Ave, who have built Ito. Uh, uh, I work for Ave, and we built a platform called Ito, which essentially connects NFTs to decentralized finance. But there are many other innovators who are going to allow you know NFTs to be used as collateral, NFTs to be traded and exchanged, NFTs to be essentially so commerce and finance are always connected. So I can almost see you know someone creating a buy now pay later application for NFTs, allowing people to buy NFTs with credit cards. So so I think, so I think let's think of NFTs as commerce, and you know uh, and whenever there is commerce, then there is always opportunities for finance. So. So there is clearly a, a big opportunity for you know uh, fintechs to sort of explore the space and create applications that serve uh, the, the growing mass of customers and users that are essentially you know buying NFTs. So 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 let's uh, you know I think I think we've uh, had a had a re I really like this conversation because you know there was all so many different dimensions and I think quite a bit of spark in there as well. Where can we learn more about your work and you know ah. NFTs? Yeah, sure. Um, my magazine is uh, cryptonomist.ch. Uh, it is uh, in Italian and uh, in English language. There is a section uh, uh, specific uh, about uh, the NFT, the art, the gaming, and the news in general about the, the space. So feel free to, to check it out. And uh, on the on the footer, you can, of course, found, find uh, our contacts. So you can, uh, you can find my my picture and click on it and send me an email. Awesome. And uh, Roberto, about, what about you? Where do we find uh, more about the work you're doing uh, and, and NFTs? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, just Googling my name, Roberto Capodici, there is a lot of funny things. But uh, <laughs> in precise, now I'm working on this decentralization blockchain. is a DEC, DAC, BC, DACBC.com. And uh, we are launching an INO, initial node offering that sells NFTs. So uh, each NFT is going to represent a node of the blockchain that is going to launch in December 2022. And uh, the website uh, is launching this week. We are transferring all the old material there. But there is a lot of interesting things that are coming up. Uh, Elsa blockchainzoo.com is uh, our institutional website for our company. But uh, Google Capo DHCI, -E -E 
and you get uh, a huge amount of uh, fun. Oh, yes, it's, it's like my last thing. There are only so many of so few of us. Right. This we are non fungible. We are non fungible. We are. I am, I am an unfungible last name. That's correct. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 we are rare. We super rare. Donna, what about you? Where do we find? So you? mostly, mostly I do uh, legal panels um, when it comes to NFTs. So um, some of them, you know, I don't know which amounts of them are are public. I mean, most uh, done a few just recently on uh, at the uh, ABA, which is the American Bar Association, speaking about the legal issues. So for the most part, that's the vantage point that that I talk about. Um, and uh, otherwise, I have no business business interest in NFTs and um, just am a, you know, a, uh, a kind of legal research, legal professorial resource. Um, on the subject matter, uh, no differently than than talking about crypto in general. Um, so that's that's generally where. Right. So yeah, Donna, I, I read you know you know articles. I've heard you on Clubhouse and, and and other podcasts. So yeah, very always very interested in in your th- thoughts and views. Thank you for joining us today, and and uh, Amelia and Roberto, thank you so much for joining. So yeah, m- thank my name you. is Patty. You can find more about me at you know Breaking Banks Europe or at Aves, uh, at Aave.com. And uh, I have written extensively on, about NFTs. So we'll, we'll, this is not, you know, we'll hear a lot more about this topic in the future because uh, NFTs are a whole new, you know, uh, brand, uh, branch of commerce and web free commerce, uh, the, the new internet commerce on crypto and blockchain. And this will create a whole new, uh, you know, uh, era of fintech applications that serve this this market. So thank you so much for joining us today. This is Ajit Tripathi signing off. Uh, thank you. Our guests, Breaking Banks Europe. Hope to see you again next week. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.